Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Is recorded before a live studio audience. Yeah, baby, get ready to kick this thing live right now. Welcome to the Tailgate Show, baby. Thursday night, live from the Budio. All right, well, listen, we're we're get we're we're trying to stay upbeat right now. Okay, we got a kick-ass guest coming on. Uh, I know we are all us NSC fans are a little bummed out. We had a little uh, rough go at it last night, but you know, listen, we're gonna get over that. We're going to talk some, uh, well, first we're going to, def- first and foremost, we are definitely going to talk to Nick Britt. We got Nick Britt from Black Market Research here tonight, and we're totally stoked for that. But first and foremost, there's my boy, Jason Moles. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yo. What's up? All right, you got to pick it up a little bit. I know you're heartbroken, kid. I know. I'm devastated. Devastated. Cool. Yeah, heartbroken's not the word for it. Really? It's, it's worse. It was it's bad. No, nah, listen, I get it. I watched it live. I paid my $5. I got my ESPN Plus. You know, it was just, it was a shit. It just, it sucked to see the boys work. I mean, and they work, man. Yep. To see them out there um, taking the abuse that they took. Mm. There was a lot of no calls um, by the refs in the beginning. And it was sad to see it because the refs just lost so much control of the game in such a fast way, mm-hmm. and then it just tanked. And then it went from, hey, we're not going to call a damn thing, to, hey, we're going to call every single thing on the field. And that was disappointing. Yeah. You know, but I don't know, man. It's the, it's the quality of refs that we get to deal with. I think at this level, it sucks because – you hope to see him more even officiating than what we got last night. But you also hope that we can actually put the ball in the net. You got to see the replay. I didn't get to see the replay. Yeah. Well, I, I saw it live, so I, I really haven't seen a replay. Oh, yet. you haven't Is watched it? the replay. Okay, no, no. I thought you had seen the replay and saw it live. No, no, only okay. live. Okay. Only live. So my, I think my thing was, and everybody else would probably ask the same thing, was were we really that – off on on burying some of the shots that were right in the middle of the net. I mean, was that there? Or were we just making that up in our own mind? <laughs> you know, there were there were definitely opportunities there, and uh, you know, Rios had a good one there. He, he and he almost snapped that one. All right, listen. Before we get into all, we're gonna we'll just go crazy. We got we got a very important guest here today. 
We got a impotent. He is no, I don't. Well, I don't know, man. I don't. Do you, I don't know if Nick has kids. Your mom's important. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, listen. This is Nick Britt. He is the lead singer. He is the man behind the band called Black Market Research. He is a singer, songwriter, and uh, I met him a year. It's all. It's a year ago, almost. Well, just past a year ago, I met him at the Key Largo uh, Music Festival, which. Is just a singer songwriter festival, just absolutely amazing. Um, so now it's it's a year now that I know Nick, and it's uh it's great. It's great to know the guy. I mean, because you know what? Uh, you know, tell me all the reasons why. Wait, that one over here. When you first look at him, I mean, look, I mean, he's very intimidating dude. I mean, he's uh, all tatted up. He's you know a big dude, and uh, then you get to know him, and it's like Jesus. I mean, he's just he's just a super good guy. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a great time getting to know this guy tonight, and uh. I'm we are actually super lucky to get Nick on a Thursday night because Nick um, usually works the jail on Thursday nights, which when he told me he works the jail on Thursday nights, I was like, I was like, cool, man. That sounds like a cool place. I want to go. I want to go watch you play there. That sounds so much more shady than what I I volunteer at the jail. Working the jail makes it sound like I turn tricks in there or something. (laughs) And you started out with the. Yeah, he's all tatted up. Makes it sound, you know, like I'm supposed to be in the jail. No, 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 I volunteer. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm showing that you give your time. and you, 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 People always say, don't judge a book by its cover. And here's a, a good a good example. I feel like you've called me ugly in a no, roundabout way no, three no, different no. times in the past five minutes. <laughs> what I'm saying, you're an intimidating looking dude. And when you get to know you, it's a, it's a little different. I'm going to turn that, people say that, that mic is me. And now you're saying I'm not intimidating. No, see, people say right. that people say that about me, but it usually just means I'm fat. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that's what he's getting at with me as well. But. So I know that I know what you're going with here. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so rude, Chris. Right. All right, listen. Toby uh, would slap you if he was here. All right, listen, degenerate fatty. Let's move along here. <laughs> Where is my pen? I need, oh, here it is. Because uh, after I know. after I ask questions, I like to scratch my pad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I do love to scratch my pad. <laughs> you know, you do. All right, so Nick, listen, give me a, you know, let's start at the beginning. You know, tell, tell us a little about, you know, where you grew up and, and how that all went down. I was trying to think of something clever, intimidating, and that had to do with the jail, but it's nothing like that. Um, I grew up in fighting far- scorpions. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Across the border for the first time after my uh, second tour of Nam in 72. <laughs> uh, no, I grew up in uh, a little town called Farmington, New Mexico, huh. which... I'm sure a lot of your listeners are from there because you know. 23% of our demographics show that they're from right. New Mexico. Yeah. Um, popular place, little small town and um, uh, came from a musical family. My mom was in the Olympic choir. And so she kind of got us into singing and piano lessons right off the bat. What is an Olympic choir? It, so there's a choir that actually travels to the Olympics to sing the songs of the different nations or really? you know, of the, yeah, of the U S yeah. This That's like cool as shit. 72 or 73 in Munich or something? Which, when was the Munich that was, um, Olympics? 70, was, 73? Wasn't that the one where they had the, the bombing? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the, that one. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. That's so, a good story. That's the end of it, too. You make it up? You no, know, no, I swear. That's the <laughs> truth. Unless she's listening, and that was all a lie. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, we started with piano lessons, and I have an older sister and a younger sister, and my younger sister's a really phenomenal singer. Uh, uh, my older sister's tone deaf as hell, 
Uh, she can play a couple songs on piano, but I think it's all by Richard Marks. Uh, <laughs> um, I like his haircut. <laughs> I haven't seen him in years, but back then it was dope. Yeah. Um, I uh, I just started playing guitar like in around seventh grade. I was never good at it. Still not good at it, but I always had fun doing it. And um, by the time I was a junior in high school, I got selected to play uh, rhythm guitar for this this Christian choir that toured all over Africa and Europe and stuff. So. Um, it was on that tour that I was like, oh, man, I really want to do this. This is what I should do with my life. What age was that? I was uh, 17. Wow. And you already started touring, touring. the world. Then, yeah, was wow. my first, with first a Christian edition. choir. The Christian choir. I was part of the band, yeah. And I didn't actually sing at that point, and, uh, which is kind of weird to me now because people all know that I'm more of a singer than a, a guitar player, but I didn't want to audition. I didn't want to audition to sing. I was never comfortable with it. Now I look back and I'm like, I should have done it the other way. I didn't want to play guitar. I wanted to sing, but. I just wanted to be on the tour regardless. So I did that, and then um, as soon as I graduated high school, I went to college at New Mexico State University where I formed a little band with one of my good friends, Jay Arroyos, and we uh, we developed this rock band that was uh, that, that moved. I mean, we, we, we had a lot of people that came out and supported and kind of pushed us to keep going, and we had great shows, good parties. and uh, What was the name? Snow Road. Snow Road. Snow Road. What was uh, behind it? Um, actually, it was on a street that was called Snow Road. It's, it ended up be meaning something else uh, down the road. <laughs> Later, we uh, yeah, there was a. I definitely had a period where cocaine was like the thing that I did. I I ended up dropping out of college and I didn't work. I lived off of different girlfriends and we just uh you know played music. I had like bleached uh, cornrows and lots of eyeliner and mascara you know 14 piercings in my face at one point holy yeah and i was like 142 pounds back then i was not intimidating but it was interesting i think because a lot of people showed up to the gigs i don't know if they you know it was just a cheap freak show or if they actually enjoyed the music (laughs) but we had we had a really good turnout every time we played and i just i fell in love with it i loved performing i had terrible terrible anxiety but i loved once it once it all got going I had a good time. What was what was driving the anxiety? I don't know. You know what? It was so bad that I had a, fr- a friend named Frank. He uh he always before before we had a show, he always waited outside for me. We, I'd sound check, go outside, and, and throw up. I couldn't handle it. I would throw up every single. And my bandmates to this day, Troy, you know, everybody in Black Market Research will tell you to this day, I only stopped throwing up before gigs about two and a half, maybe three years ago. It was that bad. I just always had anxiety. But back then I used to take pills what? for it. I couldn't take like Xanax before playing though because it would make me tired. I wouldn't be able to hit some of the notes that I that I really reach for. So it was constant, man. I was miserable until we started playing. And then it was like, I think it's because I felt like it was something I was supposed to be doing. I put a lot of pressure on myself. And it, it's a different from the Nick that you see now. Like that now I have the so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have so many different things going on in my life. I don't feel that pressure. Like if this music thing doesn't work, then I have to... Uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Back then I did. That was it. That was all I had. You know, I was bailing out. I was, you know, not doing very well in school and uh, couldn't make money at a job because I didn't want to stay in a job. I was doing too many drugs, staying up too late, couldn't wake up to, to go work at Hot Topic in the morning. You know, and that's a true story. True story. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. But eventually, uh, you know, I came off the drugs, but the anxiety stayed. And I think it was all because of the pressure of, uh, to this day, I do not like crowds. I mm-hmm. still, if I go to a concert, it doesn't matter if it's my favorite band or not. I have to wear earplugs and really kind of zen myself out before I get there. Um, 
I just I, I didn't do well in crowds. But the one thing that really I think the turning point in throwing up was when I started doing jujitsu. That was my whole new level of nervousness for me. And compared to that, there there was no comparison. You know, having somebody trying to choke you out is something to be afraid of. <laughs> Whereas going on stage and playing some songs isn't scary anymore. So that that's when the I stopped throwing up. Wow. And I started getting fatter because then I stopped throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not buff. I'm just fat. <laughs> big bone. I'm just yeah, not right. bulimic anymore. Right, right, exactly. I'll, I'll teach That's you the words. It's big right. bone. <laughs> Thank husky. You. Thank you. So husky. Who, who, was, who was your big influence then? So at 17, I know you were obviously doing a Christian thing. Yeah. Was, were there a Christian influence? Yeah, you, you can hear that in your music. Yeah. You can hear yeah, that. Yeah. That well, and so that's the thing is it, it, it always started out as a very uh, unwavering when I, I was like doing praise bands and stuff in high school, it was unwavering. Like, this is how I was raised. This is the direction it's going to go. Um, and then it t- kind of turned into my song started taking on a whole new meaning or like uh, a direction of, of what is this religion? What is this thing that I'm chasing after? What is my purpose? Instead of being so certain, you know, when you're 17 years old, living in a Baptist family, or, <laughs> you know, I love you, Jesus. And that, good answer, Nick. And, I, and then, I, you know, you start doing some drugs, stay up too late, and you're like, wait a minute, are there aliens? What? <laughs> does, does Jesus love aliens? And then you, you get all these – you meet these great people that, that are, you know, Hindus and Buddhists and, and Jews, and you're like, wait a minute. They don't believe in Jesus, but they're great people. I'm supposed to believe they're going to hell. Mm-hmm. So then it just started – it shifted to the whole paradigm on what I was thinking about religion in general, and that's what I started writing about. And that's – it's still to this day. That's kind of what fuels me, and I've kind of – I don't write as much as I used to because I always wrote really well when I was sad or when I was pensive or if, uh, if there was a lot of uh, thought going on that was uh, depressed or, you know, um, you, like you existentialism know, was want, like my thing. And now I don't really care. I want to show you one thing I had, I had written right here. It says dark and fucked up. Oh, that's, that's nice. Well, no, but, and, and the, reason, the way, reason why I wrote this is because Stern always brings this up that – all artists, especially musicians, um, c- comics, they always have this dark, fucked up side to them sure. because it, I guess, it, like you said, it fuels them to, to, I guess, to pull out those dark, deep feelings and stuff that that drive and make great songs and muse great songs. Right. You can hear it in the song, Who Are You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear that in the very beginning of the song. Cool. Even how it opens. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's and true. It's, it's a cool feel in how it goes and... and and then the guitars come into it, heavy into it, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a good feel to it. I appreciate that. You know, I don't think it sells, though, at this point. I think that everybody wants to feel good. Um, and that's, I guess, just not on the level that I always thought it was going to. You know what? I'm going to throw a totally different spin at this. And my wife says the same thing. But she related it to movies. Because she's more of the, she wants to watch that classic drama movie kind of thing. And she's like, it's just sad how there's no more just movies. Mm-hmm. Everything now has to be this big spectacle, this big ordeal, sure. like Avengers Endgame, things sure. like that. Yeah, th- th- that's what attracts everybody. Yeah. Big explosions, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sim- it can't just be line. a story. Yep, uh-uh. No, the, the depth of the indie flick is definitely, it seems like it's dead. But you, they're out there. You just have to kind of dig a little deeper to find them. I agree with her, though, because mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I, I watch movies that will change my life, and I, I ask somebody, hey, have you seen this? And, They'll say no, and I'll be like, "You got to watch this," and they won't do it. Yeah, and it's not doesn't have, you know. I've got a, one of my good friends. He'll he'll watch Lucifer over and over and over. Yeah, but he won't go, you know, watch uh, like Afterlife or you mm-hmm. know something that actually has some content to it. 
Yeah. All right. So you, you you agree then? That's probably. Oh a yeah, little, it was fuel. That was my fuel. But I, so back then, I was also on a lot of antidepressants, and uh, I rode the roller coaster because between the drugs and the antidepressants, not having a lot of money, I uh, it was constantly drugs. Drugs and alcohol were free. So I'd ride that roller coaster, and anybody who does any, you know, especially those three things, drugs, antidepressants, and alcohol, you're going to ride a roller coaster. And I wrote just all the time, always writing songs. Um, and at some point, uh, I stopped doing so many drugs. I started working out, getting high from, uh, from weightlifting, and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I'm actually feeling better from the inside. So, um, you know, the writing started slowing down, and I got addicted to, the, to that different outlet. Um, I still write. It's just not the same as as soon as I start going down that really somber road, I'm like, well, I don't think anybody else wants to hear this. I'm not even sure I feel it right now because life isn't as crappy as it used to be. Well, can you, know? you just write about not crappy life? Yeah, but I'm not very good at it. That's what I'm saying. A lot yeah. of people are, and I can admit the fact that to me, I don't feel it. If I'm, if I feel good, I want to go do stuff. I ride a motorcycle, shoot guns, you know, play with my dog. Mm-hmm. Wrestle with my girlfriend naked on the floor. I don't know, you know. There's there's other things to do except for sit around and. I would start with the ladder first and work the other way. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're on your way. After that, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. You know. I love a good nap. <laughs> so, how about musically? Yeah. Well, Where you close me? Yeah. Oh, that's what I was getting to, and I I went on a tangent. I apologize. It's okay. No, no. I know. I asked you. First you gave about me the coffee. Wise. Coffee, man. It's the coffee. It's all good. I'll talk forever because I'm <laughs> not usually allowed to talk in my own household. Good. Uh, but yeah, so most of my influences were definitely Christian. You got to look from around the corner. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, can we close that door? No. Uh, um, yeah, all my musical influences were predominantly Christian, contemporary Christian radio, um, and then '80s. That's, like, that's, like, who who was in it? Was that? Oh man, I mean, like, I'm just saying Creed because that's the only one I know. Creed? No, no, no. We're talking contemporary Christian, like that's real. Not... No, Creed never came out and was like Hallelujah Jesus in a song. Oh, you know, okay. they, everybody kind of knew that he was like a closet Christian, but I'm talking about like Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman, Larnell Harris. Uh, you're shaking your head like you have no clue what I'm talking about, which is if there's anybody in this that's listening that has, you know, grown up in a church, they know all these people. Um, mm-hmm. But it was kind of the way, you know, then Jars of Clay started coming to my thing. Oh, and, another one. oh you do got you, one. Do you know uh, Stephen Mason, the guitar player, is in the sports group with us on the roadies? Oh, really? Yeah. No. Super cool dude. He's got a... Uh, Barbershop in Nashville, right, and he's right over by the fairgrounds. Oh, he's by the fairgrounds called uh, the Handsomizer. Okay, fantastic guy, man. And he's part of this group, huh? Yeah, Yeah. I like your music, bro. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've never gotten to meet him. So funny story, but I guess when I was uh, 17, also I had a friend in Farmington who had some work that she did up in Nashville, and at one point I sent her a demo tape to give to uh, the management of Jars of Clay. I thought they needed me so badly. <laughs> 17 years old, I was like, they need my they, skills. They've got to have it. Yeah. Nothing ever happened. No. But it Devin will Faden. someday still. That's the stuff songs are written about. That's right. Right? Um, yeah, man, but that was, that's the kind of stuff I really um, cut my teeth to. Oh, in the 80s. So my mom was a school teacher, uh, elementary school teacher, where I actually uh, attended school. So every morning I'd ride with her to school and she would always have it on, uh, you know, the 80s top 40. <laughs> so Tears for Fears and, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, the cat. Michael, Ma- <laughs> Michael McDonald and uh, Michael Bolton. All the Michaels. <laughs> all Michaels. Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> cel- exactly. <laughs> Truth. I celebrate the man's entire catalog. Um, but so I, I loved 80s. And then the 90s came around, and that's when I was starting to. Uh, I got my first uh, like rock record, which was uh, Third Eye Blind. Uh, 
Oh, wow. And I know. My friend was like, wow. here, do you want this disc? I hate it. I was like, sure, I'll take it. Wow. And I sat in there, and there were f- the four songs on the very first... Uh, Step back from that ledge, my friend. Yeah, that, see, there was there were other good radio hits, which were great. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, these cool, and I recognize them because it's Third Eye Blind, but there's actually four songs on that record. You play them back-to-back, and they're, they're the end four, and I still have yet to play a record that takes me on that same emo- emotional ride. I'm telling you, to this day, when people are like, who are your favorite bands? I say Third Eye Blind. They think all the cheesy, semi-charm kind of life and stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. Buy the first record, play the last four songs back-to-back, and I'm telling you it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. It, ta- it, it That right there was where I was like, holy crap, this is the sound. This is the sound that I want. This this is what means something to me. They were a different sound in the 90s, too. They were, Whenever, when everything was really going heavy grunge. Grunge, right. With Alice yeah. in Chains mm-hmm. and Soundgarden, yeah. Nirvana popping out. And yeah. Dude, it was a totally different feel then. Uh, yeah. The melodies between both – and the lyricism between – the, the singer and then the, the lead guitarist, he had these hooks that were, that still nobody really can compare to those, yeah. those really catching a lot of hooks that he had. Yeah. But so I, that's, that's kind of what I uh, started jonesing for. And then early two thousands came along. I was still a big fan. And then somewhere around 2000 and uh, I don't know, I guess 2006, 2007, everything just started to take a dump. I felt like yeah. it was uh just wasn't like that anymore where there was these big bands that meant something to you. Man, yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I really do. Hey, yeah. uh, give me a little time thing here. I just wanted to grasp real quick. All right, so at 17, you start doing that the, the Christian tour thing. Yeah. And then at what at what point um, do you start that first band? Uh, uh, but Snow Road wasn't my first band, but that band started in uh, two, right at 2000, 2001. And you were... I was uh, uh, 19 and 20. 19 and 20. Yeah, 19 and 20. And then at what age do you make the move to Nashville? Actually, so after that, uh, after that band took off, I and like I said, it, we, you know, we were in a, in a this Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's the second largest city in New Mexico. But every time we played, there was, you know, a line that went around the building. I look back on it now and that's I miss that because that band was a band. We didn't have session players. We didn't ask about how much we were going to get paid. We showed up and rehearsed several times a night because we liked it. We liked writing music. We did everything together. We hung out together. We started fights together. It was That was a real band. And uh, I never saw anything like that again since I left. But they, uh, I, I really felt like we needed to go someplace, go to, to the next level. So I said, let's get to L.A. Man, we got we to gotta get out of New Mexico and go to L.A. And, of course, was, yeah, let's do it. Nobody did it. I went by myself. Was L.A. Oh, yeah. So I went and lived in L.A. by myself. As soon as I got there, I entered into a songwriting competition and I, I got lucky, I think, and won it. But from that, you know, I was got a demo deal with uh, um, somebody from it, it, this guy was like, hey, yeah, Glenn Fry of the Eagles is my cousin. And uh, we're going to do this full production record and second and third player won guitars and like a piano and they got their reward. I never got mine. I never heard another word. I didn't oh. care. Um but it, I just thought that was funny. It's kind of the way it's always been all my life. It's like the, the guy who's right below me, the, or that if I beat somebody out, they end up becoming the ones that win the next thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But um, yeah, so I lived out there for a couple of years and uh, did did the singer songwriter thing, and um, <clears throat> met some really cool people that I'm still in touch with now that kind of helped me get on uh, uh, get on on the radar of of like Capitol Records and stuff. But nothing ever panned out. And eventually, I sat there for so long, I was miserable. And I said, I got, I got to get, I got to go back to New Mexico where my family is. And I left California and was miserable. Didn't know what I was going to do. Like I said, I put all this pressure on music. It was the only thing I had and it fell apart in the one place that it should have happened. So I, uh, 
lived in New Mexico again for a little bit and was just miserable and was falling apart and bartending and hated it, was making really good money, but just knew that I could do better. So I was at my nephew's house after one of my girlfriends had cheated on me and I was uh, my sister's house, but my nephews were there. They were watching the Tennessee Titans play the, the Indianapolis Colts. And I remember an aerial view of, of downtown Nashville and it said music city. I was like, where the hell is that? <laughs> They're like, Oh, that, that that's the Tennessee Titans. They're in Nashville, I'm like, Nashville. Huh? That's cool. I've never seen that before. Got online, looked at a couple of apartments. was like, Oh, this is really cheap. Booked mine that moment. I was like, I have never been there. No friends, no family, nowhere around. But if I don't get out of where I am right now, I'm screwed. So wow. I, I booked it for, I made my, uh, that's I, a big I, step. Man. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I look back at it now and to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. It, to me, it was just like one more thing. I mean, I, I hitchhiked to, to LA, you know, before, and that was more scary. That was, um, than getting an apartment, but I had no job. I knew that I was in three months, I was going to leave, save every penny I made and I'd go. And, um, so I did. So I'm, that was in 2009. What? One of my questions was night before Nash. Uh, night before like, Nashville, like, I was I was bartending and playing. So I bartended at this really great. It was a it was a steak joint, but then at night it kind of became um, like a kind of lodgy dive bar-ish, but it was still upscale, high prices. Uh, I was the only bartender there, so made a ton of cash. Had a bunch of little pretty cocktail waitresses that were all my best friends. And when when we weren't working, we were you know going up to the hot springs together, going get tattooed together, smoking wherever, just in whoever's house we were at. Now smoke here, smoke there, always together. Had a good group of friends, but uh, the money wasn't worth. I saw some of the worst fights, street fights I've ever seen in my life happened in that bar. And at one point, some a, a guy that I'd booted out came back with a, a coat over his hand, like he was covering a gun, and stuck it up in my face. And that's I, I that was the most afraid I've ever been. Where I was like, oh, really? It's this easy for somebody to just get pissed off? So I, you know, I went home and I actually had a the owner. He was drunk a lot, but he he discharged a firearm by my face while trying to show it to me. And, I, was, and I, I wasn't like, yeah, let me see your gun. He just pulled it out and it discharged. And there were several other people in the room and everybody was crying. And I was like, yeah, it was really close. I just knew I needed to leave. So the night before I came to Nashville, I wanted to keep working all the way up until the day I left. Because if I didn't, I'd think about it. And I'd get nervous and I'd talk myself out of it. Instead, I just kept working. I remember sitting in the back of my uh, my little Suburban that I bought just to tow a trailer out to Nashville. And I just sat in the back of that thing and cried. Tried, tried, cried. Why do I always have to chase my dream? All these other people, you know, their occupations, their careers, everything kind of lands where it's supposed to for them. And I'm always on the, I'm always chasing it. You know, it's always hard for me. I cried and cried and cried. Next morning I woke up and thought I'd just be ready to go. And instead I woke up and cried and cried. And was, my mom was like, man, you're like a little girl. But I was a big girl. And so I got in the, in the car and I drove about uh, an hour and a half. And um, realized that I forgot my bed. Oh shit! I tore everything else down, but f- just forgot to put the, the headboards were uh, leaned against a different wall. And so I turned around, had to come back, get my headboards, and then drove off again. Landed in Nashville, and it took me two and a half days to get here. It's a long drive. Yeah, okay. I bet. Yeah. It doesn't sound fun. That was in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, first day of <laughs> March. Yeah, and got here, and it was just like, what am I doing? And I hated Nashville for like eight months. This place sucks. But I also told everybody in New Mexico, I was like, I'm only going to be gone for about three months. I'm going to go get a quick record deal. 
I'll be back on a bus. That's what I told everybody on a bus. So my best friend still hassles me. He's like, you've still not been back on that bus yet. And, but you know, he also told me that I was only going to last three weeks. So screw him. Yeah. Get a lot longer than that. Right. Right. Yeah. So now, as far as I know, you have, you have three EPs, right? Were those all done? No, no, I have have one EP. That's a four song. Four songs is an EP. And I have two full records. Then two, okay. Yeah, EPs are extended it's plays. Extended it's not plays a single, but it's a right. longer. Right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me more. All, all three of those were done here in Nashville. That's correct. Uh huh. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. How, uh, what's your how, What's your feel then between, you know, because like you said, you're going to go out to to LA. You're going to do your thing out there, and away we go. Doesn't yeah. happen out there. No. You come here. Uh-huh. What's the difference in vibe between the two places? It didn't happen out here either. I hate them both. No, <laughs> I know. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. I just I just see so many people that are all connected, and so they kind of I mean, I I see them day in and day out, and they're they're within arm's reach of me, and they're douche canoes, but they're connected to somebody who's willing to help them out, and not because they're good, not because they're talented, but because, because they of, know them. Because they know them, and I know a lot of people that I feel like have the the ability to help other people out, but they never really step out and do it. Um, Maybe I'm not good enough. You know, I'm I'm an artist like everybody else where we all think that we're worthy. We all think that we are good enough. But there's a good chance that I'm, you know, living in a universe where everybody's telling me one thing, but the truth is that I'm actually tone deaf. You know, the thing I've found interesting since I've lived here that's not true, is Thank you. how good everybody is. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, you go when, <laughs> I'd like to stop you right there. I agree. There is some phenomenal you, talent out there. You know here, what I'm saying? There's but, talent everywhere you go. But not everywhere. There are some real there's a, rap heads. There's a lot of auto-tuned people. There and they and there are some just bombers that all think that if you come to Nashville, oh, yeah. you're a singer-songwriter. And that's oh, what yeah. makes me frustrated is is that uh, if I go somewhere and somebody says I'm a singer-songwriter, but they just got out of Belmont or they just came down for they graduated college. Mm-hmm. Well, while these people were in college, you know, I was doing drugs, street performing in LA, trying to playing open mics for a decade before I even got here. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it's, I feel like you need to earn it. You need to have written something, not that it has to make it, but put those records out. And I'm not talking about these singles, whatever this yeah. single crap is that everybody does, because that's all anybody buys. That's, that's their issue that that's what, what that, that's all anybody wants to buy. But you need to be making records. You know, if you can only write one song. Yeah. There's a difference in the feel of, a college musician, sure, and a, a musician that's been, a yeah, yeah. There's a big difference, right? You can tell it in the music, you can tell it in the feel, the wrinkles on their faces, yeah, yeah. Every bit of it. people can't tell yeah. on this radio, on this podcast thing, but I, uh, I look like I'm 65 years old, and I'm really only 23. <laughs> so and that's it's a rough that's, life. It's been a rough few years. I love, sure. I love blues music. Yeah, one of my favorite things. It's when I first learned to play guitar. Oh yeah, I'm a singer songwriter, by the way. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Got <laughs> totally, a boy. Got a boy. Totally right bullshit. on. Well, it's good to meet you guys. Enjoy <laughs> yeah. the rest of your night. So, <laughs> yeah, right. See, I wrote that one. No, he's a singer. Yeah, I'm responsible for yep. that. Also invented the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, right. Bonamassa. Bonamassa. Mm-hmm. I always get it wrong. It's all right. When you hear him, and you hear Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. And Joe is a fantastic guitar sure. player. There's a difference in the field. Oh yeah. There's a difference in the grind. Yeah. And you and you it's the same concept sure. like what you're saying. With the Belmont side. You get <clears throat> kids that go into college, 
they're there because they their play. dad's Toby Keith and mm-hmm. their grandma's yep. Ruby Sue May or whatever. Yeah, where did you name. learn to play? Did you learn to play in a classroom or did you learn to play sitting on the edge of a dirty ass couch? Yeah, did you Dave Grohl it? Or, did, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean seriously. He's my, one of my man crushes, but so is oh, Stevie Ray. Dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that guy. And especially just on that note, watching. He's one of my favorites just as far as seeing how beat up and dirty he was. Yeah. Coke dripping out of his nose, Austin <laughs> City Limits, you know, yeah. playing. He could barely keep his mouth closed. It was, you know, he's constantly inhaling through his nose to keep snot back. <laughs> and then seeing him get sober and keep playing, like, how do you get better than you already were? Yeah. But that's because he was a hustler. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he grinded. That that was a real. It's, there's so much to be said for the soul of a musician. When they're a musician, I agree. Uh, we got to see BB King play at the Skirmerhorn. Who? BB King. You know that. Oh, that, okay. He he's played for a little while. Old <laughs> black guy. Really, you know, solid. When he, he was young, he, he was had, old. Yeah. He had a, a guitar that had a name. That, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Stratocaster. <laughs> yeah, that was his name. Right. Come here, Stratocaster. But he played up on stage, and he was 91 at I think at this time or 89 somewhere in this time mm-hmm. frame. Doesn't matter. At that point, he's old as hell. And he gets up there, and, and they help him to the stool, and he sits down, and he starts to talk and talk and talk. And he would go, you know what? That story reminds me of a song I wrote. Y'all want to hear my song? Everybody's like, yeah, we'd love to. Sure. Yeah. And this man, this 89, 90-year-old, just rips his guitar right. apart. Right. And it's can't get that college. No. Yeah, probably not. Right. You really can't. It takes a, it takes a little practice, right? And I think there's just so much to be said for people that have been put through the paces. Sure. You know, so kudos to that part of it, man. That's... You haven't even heard me play yet. Oh, I've heard you play. Yeah, it suck. I'm telling you, this could be really rough, and both of y'all are going to be trying to auto-tune live podcasts. I'm drinking a lot of Fireball. <laughs> oh, that definitely makes me sound better. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so listen, before, before you do play one song for us, uh, I want to ask you, you know, you mm-hmm. you write the music and the lyrics to all your music. Yeah. So what comes first? Does the the lyrics come first? Does the, does the song come to you? It's never. It's never been something I can answer because it usually I'll be sitting around and come up with a cool riff and be like, oh, that's a cool riff. And but it rarely is this thing where I'm like, this should be this song. And just uh, uh, on the flip side of that coin, I'll write something and not be able to come up with a melody for it or, you know, the music for it for sometimes weeks. There's only been a couple times in my entire life. And one of them was recently, uh, I say recently, it was a year ago, just after my divorce had happened. I penned a song in about 15 minutes and that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I've got other songs that have taken me years to finish. Mm -hmm. And then once I finished it, then I was like, oh, that's really cool. Which is also one of the reasons I've slowed down on writing. I don't do it like some of these people do where they go sit in a room and they're like, mm-hmm. Hey man, you, we've got, we got three hours here. We need to come up with four songs. Man, I've never understood how to do that. that shit sucks. Yeah. I mean, they're clever. They're yeah. cliche as can be. And they're really, there's, there's some cool, you know, turnarounds and hooks where I'm like, that's really clever. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel it. And that's yeah. not how I write. And I, you know, kudos to them. Good. That's great. I got a lot of friends that do that. If they ever catch wind of me saying that I think that's gay, then uh, they'll be like, <laughs> You know, they'll be uh, disappointed. But I'm not talking about bad about it. It's just I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I've heard a lot of people like you know I'm a big Stern guy, so you know the, <clears throat> they'll artists will say sometimes a song just it just flies out. It's like you just have no control. It just comes out. Sure. Then there's other times you just have to labor over. It. You gotta wait. Yeah. And I've 
I once heard that all the, your best material starts to wane after about 23 years old. I never thought that initially until I started to see, I was, I feel like I was more creative or at least charged more creatively charged in my younger years where I was trying to figure things out. And there was that pressure of, I don't know what's going to happen next. And everything's scary. It's a big world and I got to find my place in it. So you're, you're, when I've talked to you, as, as, you know, just one-on-one, you're a super smart guy. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I have a hard time believing that your brains and your wisdom should be easy for you to write. Mm. I don't know. It's not. That's the way it comes across. Well, it's just the way it's, it, got it, you fooled, bro. It, it's, yeah. it's the struggle of trying to get what he wants to say. I mean, I gotcha. it, you can have the words all day long, sure. but to be able to put it down into. It's a, it's a that, little bit different than everybody yeah. else has done it or. It isn't too shallow. I just don't. I don't want to. I don't want to crank out songs because it's a paycheck. And at the end of yeah. my life, I'm like, yeah, I wrote 636 songs. Four of them were decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I put a lot of effort into them, and when they don't get picked up, and they're not that I've ever even tried to pitch them to somebody, but the fact that they've never gone to that that level that I thought they would, that does that, that deters me from writing anymore. Because if it's not going to get appreciated and passed around the way I feel like it could, well, why waste my time on it? Have you ever tried another genre for it to go to? <clears throat> Gangster death metal. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hell yeah. A little Cypress Hill yep. going on. <clears throat> and Prophets I, of Rage. I considered, um, I wanted to score and, you know, do soundtracks for porn. <laughs> Dude, I don't play enough bass. I know. <laughs> I got to pick up the bass. Would you ever write songs for other people? Uh, depends on who the people was. Uh-huh. I, if somebody said, "Hey Nick, we want to get you a publishing deal. You just have to crank out this many tunes," I can't do it. Right. I can't sit in a room and just be told. I wish I could. I know some people that drive really cool cars. <laughs> that's all they do. Yeah. That's all they do. I just don't feel it. Yeah. So, and, and I realize that even saying this and admitting it and putting it out under the universe that way, I could be you know, sealing my own coffin. If that were to happen, I still can go back and look at the the, the music that I have recorded and say. I still, to this day, I listen to it and I, I, I'm like, I don't listen to it and go, oh, God, Nick, you're such a great songwriter. <laughs> but I look at the production on it. Some of the producers that have worked with me and been like, this is what I hear in your song. Let me, let, let's try to bring this. And they've made me sing these parts I would have never heard before. And I go back and I listen to that. And I'm like, this is something that I can give to my kids later and say, I'm proud of this. You know, this, mm-hmm. is, this is real. And these songs aren't about back roads. They're not about you know, anything. Oh, I've never written anything very shallow yet. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just can't do it. Listen, and I don't know how. I love your music. So it, it, it <clears> absolutely <throat> touched me because I, I, I don't. Where did it touch you? Can you I show me on this doll? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't listen to the same stuff over and over again. That's normally not my gig. But I, I, I don't know, man. These, those 22 songs, because I deleted the two. Uh, the the instrumentals. Two. <laughs> yeah, the instrumentals that I've probably spent more time on than anything else. Yeah, that's cool. Just because it doesn't have I, words doesn't mean anything I, I, to you. Huh? I, I, no, you're <laughs> absolutely correct. That's the first one I'm actually going to play. Here we go. It's, uh, <laughs> it's called Interlude. And the, the yeah. second song is going to be <laughs> the next one. That's right. Interlude number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready, Ben? You going to try this? What am I ready for? What you are you asking? Sing a song? Oh, I, have to, I thought this was just an interview. Yeah. Can we sing uh, a song for wait, you? Wait, wait. Song for you. See, Sometimes I, I get nervous and I drop my pick in my guitar, but this time I just dropped my pick in your couch. Sweet. All right. What? Oh, it's deep. How about the How about the pick? Stick your hand all the way in there. Get all the way up in it. Found it. Remind me not to touch <laughs> my face. Out here. It's all right. All right. <clears throat> 
check, check one. Do you know how to work this? You're going to make it sound good? Enough guitar in there? Yeah. Hold no, on. That's good. Okay, no, as long as you're right. Okay, I'm going to push this away because you know I sing loud. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> what song am I about to play? You know all my songs, so which one is this? You probably never heard it did this way. So what is it? Because you should be able to go like, oh man, I, the chords, that's how, them chords sound really good. I, I bet they, I know what song that's gonna be. <laughs> the weight of the world is around my neck. It's holding me tighter the closer I get. I'd break loose, I haven't yet I can't help but wonder Are you taking the time or did you forget That I'm here waiting If ever I lose my step and fall Will you still catch me? I tried and I just can't do it all This is why I need your help I can't do this by myself And we both know that when all else fails You work every time And my problems are piling at your feet I'm growing the gods I've erected. They smother the faith I've forgotten to keep. And outnumber the goals I've neglected. I put on a show, but you're not impressed. You see through my lame excuses. I need you more than I could have guessed. Cause the weight of the world is around my neck. If ever I lose my step and fall. Catch me. I tried and I just can't do it all. This is why I need your help. And I can't do this by myself. And we both know when all else fails, you work every time. Catch me. I tried and I just can't do it all. This is why I need your help. Cause I can't do this by myself. And we both know when all else fails, you work every time. And when all else fails, you work every time. Solid. Can we go back and delete that yeah. and re-edit it? Yeah. It's solid. Tune a couple things? Yeah. Damn. I pull my headphones off because when I hear something, I don't want to hear it coming back through yeah. something. I want to actually hear it. I want to hear the the pick hit the guitar. I want to hear the breath. I want to hear all oh, that. Cool. And that's solid. 
Cool. It's cool. Oh, man, I'm glad I was wondering what programs he was running on here to make it sound decent <laughs> in the headphones. <laughs> He's got Pro Tools yeah. loaded up. You don't mm-hmm. see it. <laughs> Damn, that's yeah, beast, man. A lot of things going on there. That's I, good I, stuff. I, thank you. You, you gotta you gotta go check out Nick Britt, man. You gotta check him out, dude. Black Market Research. He's on Facebook. He's on he's on everywhere. You, you gotta go listen to his music. It's just it's phenomenal, man. That's just one song too. It's just, we'll do it a couple of times. How do people find you? Um, Black Market Research. Yeah, that's uh, uh Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram is Black Market Research. Obviously, um, I'm Nick Britt three on Instagram. Um, yeah. Sweet. Google Play. You can actually say, Alexa, play Black Market Research. I had to do that quietly so it doesn't fire up in here. Yeah. yeah. He does it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do do it all the time. That's like, that's how I know I've arrived. I really made it when Alexa played my music. Exactly. That's kind of a cool feeling, you got to think. I've never done it yet. Have you not? Never. Are you shitting me? I'm going to as soon as we leave this. (laughs) I don't don't have an Alexa. No, I don't either. That's the that's the best gift ever, man. I love that thing. If you're a music person, and, and you that's get like birthdays coming up, <laughs> you, you get that upgraded music which I have, and I mean you could you can name anything and she'll play it anything. It's just I love it. Yeah. Um. Do you have a favorite song of yours? Like, is there one of your songs that you look back on and say, you know, that's that's probably my best one? Uh, Higher by Creed. That was a joke. No, um, I always you do think the it, pose. Yes. <laughs> Are you flying, bro? You're flying. You're literally flying right now. Um, I don't have a favorite. I always think I do, and then it, I will move on to something else. Or if I listen back to something, so I don't drive around the town listening to my own music. I just don't do it. But I will if I'm about to go play a show. I'll warm up to something of my own, and I'll listen to a track and be like, oh. Man, the guy who did the production on that is really good. And oh that's my favorite song now. I got to tell somebody, this is my favorite song. And the next song comes on, I'm like, shit, this is my favorite song. It's just it's, There's a couple of them out there where I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty proud. Give me, give, me, give me one that you warm up to. Um, <clears throat> uh, right here, I warm up to a lot. There's a lot to it. It's, the ones I warm up to are the ones that are usually the hardest. Some of, them, some of these songs I've written... Uh, I won't even play live unless I can do it right off the bat because by the time I get to it from just putting on the onstage uh, performance, I, I get too tired. My voice won't, won't get to where I need it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Insult to Injury is one of my favorite. Uh, it's funny you said that about who you are because lyrically who you are, uh, not a lot of people get it. On the second verse, I actually write, um, it's in two parts. And the first part, if you take that and put the second part of the second verse right next to each other, it's like a call and answer. So it's like the first line here um, correlates to the first line here, and then the second line here matches the second line here. But yeah. they're stacked, and so just a like polite answer yeah, to it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's one of my favorites. Uh, I might have to play that now just to just to show you what I'm talking about. But I love I love to hear that acoustic. Okay. Right now. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> I have to tune real quick. I, I just I hate playing if it's not in tune. It's worth it. These are still in key largo tuning. 
By the way, I had two cups of that coffee. I'm like freaking out over here. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I can drink a cup of coffee and go straight to sleep. That's like my number one addiction. That's what I traded everything else for. You know, while you're tuning, I got a question. Yeah. Do you ever, um, all kids can talk a lot about food. Right. And when you hear the song Everlong, it's got a drop. I think the top, your E is dropping. That's what I'm doing right now. It's in the same tuning, Dad Gad. Yes. D A D G A D. That's exactly. Yeah, you the drop thing. your E and go to. You a just D. made me give up my secret to this song. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering if you ever did that. That's great. <clears throat> give it a shot. Cool. Let's make the guitar beefy, and I'll stay off the vocal here. Give never one thing. You light up my path and forgive 
pain I've inflicted To comfort my mom on her knees while she weeps And by you alone, my feet are still moving For you alone, I'll do anything That one sounds like acoustic. Dude, no, you know? That's solid. Whew, that is, uh, man, oh, man. That doesn't sound very bubblegumish. No, it's not bubblegumish. No, it's no. not going anywhere. No. That is just deep stuff right there, man. You know, the thing I like about it, and, it's, and we've talked about this a little bit going into all this, is how you can feel it. You can feel what you wrote in it. And when you sing it, you can feel that. No, just no. in the facial expressions, in, in the hit on the guitar, just how you... You roll with everything. And it's kind of like when we had Jay Hartley in here and we did his song, um, Boy Meets Girl. It's a personal thing for him. And you can feel the personal connection into it. Fantastic. Thank you. It's good stuff, man. I do make ugly faces when I play. I'm well aware. No, no, you don't make Reba McIntyre face. She makes a bad one. (laughs) Dude, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, it really is. I mean, your talent is just absolutely phenomenal, man. It really is. It, it's it's crazy. Uh, man, I'm actually speechless here. Uh, that's a nice change, right? Usually on yeah. the the blabbermouth. Yeah, man, just, but that's crazy. When you, I, I mean, I've seen you play it a million times, but dude, when, when that close to him, right? Yeah, there's something about it. It's just it's crazy. It's Did crazy. you do you follow like grunge at all? Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, the whole Alice in Chains era mm-hmm. and all that. So somebody, I heard this uh, this story. It was something on Sirius one day, and they were talking about um, when Lane was way back in the day. They said you could feel him sing. Mm. You could feel that power out of him. And we spoke earlier about Amos Lee, how he's just such an easy mm-hmm. singer. Everything about it, he doesn't have to try. And I get that feeling when I hear you sing then it's just easy for you. Some people, you you know, they're working for it. And some people, it's not. And it's it's interesting to watch you sing because it comes very easy for you. Oh, thanks. I feel like I'm struggling through it. Hey, on a lighter um, note, I, I love this question. Yeah. Uh, you ever, when you flip through your phone, right, and your contacts, uh-huh. like, do you ever come across a famous name? You're like, oh, my God, I have that guy's or that girl's phone number? Uh, yeah. 
we yes. call it. <laughs> Um, well, so you keep saying Howard Stern, and I have to get it confu- get it right. But can you see who signed the top of this guitar? No. So Anna Nicole. Oh, uh, Smith. So yeah. yeah. So it's like, and she was with Howard Stern when I met her. Yeah. So, but not that Howard Stern. It was the Howard oh, yeah. Stern, her her attorney the lawyer. or whatever the mm-hmm. lawyer. Um, yeah. There's there's a couple people in my phone that I still or that I see on a regular basis where after I shake their hand or give them a hug, I'm like, wait, did that just did I just do that? Just tell us one. Uh, That's right, the pressure is on. No, the pressure is on, no. Um, I don't know who's... Do I give you the number, too? You want no, number? no, I just oh. want to know. <laughs> um, which is funny, it's probably the most famous person I know who's one of my really close friends is Kevin Lavroni, which that name doesn't ring a bell to most people unless you're inside the gym, but he's, you know, as far as bodybuilding and sport, he's the number one bodybuilder in the sport. You know, if you Google them, which I'm not sure you can do while you're on a, on a thing, but he... Uh, that's one of the people I talk to the most and when other meatheads are around and I'm like, do you know Kevin Lavroni? They're like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and then I, but I just know him as this Kevin Lavroni. He was one of my friends. Um, so that's one. Uh, you know, we saw Casey Musgraves the other day. She's a regular at one of the gyms I work out at. And after, you know, I gave her like that, the bro hug, you know, shook her hand and was like, went around and patted her on her back. I was like, oh, that's Casey Musgraves sweat right there. <laughs> How many people get to do that? But um, I don't know, man. I, I got to... I got to spend some time in, in Africa with uh, with Kelly Clarkson for a period and uh, working on an orphanage and then uh, going on a safari. Um, I don't call her. We don't hang out. But those are people that I think about later. I'm like, oh, these are, um, you know, Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line. And I don't know. Cool. Because oh. oh, I, I always think about that. Like, it was a question I heard one time on the radio, and I yeah. always just thought it was really cool because, like, I mean – I, I don't have I don't know anybody really famous. I yeah. think I think the, the most famous person I know was one of these soccer guys. Uh, sometimes I forget it too. I, I will go through my phone and think of oh who is this? This is so and so. I I Tiffany. You know the uh, so I think we're in love. Yes, now. of course. Yeah. Stop it. I swear. Tell <laughs> <laughs> so you want to ask a question? Yeah, actually. All right, good. Okay. So, Poke uh, your head in there. Okay, just take one. You have to move the whole. Yeah, just, it's okay. Lean in there and ask. Yeah. You can just smell. Yeah, totally. Okay. So you know, uh, Nick uh, Cherry is my favorite song, mm-hmm. but also uh, the one that I relate and like hits home is uh, PTSD. Because mm-hmm. my dad, you know, he's a Vietnam vet, so mm-hmm. I love that song. It's great. So. Uh, we talked actually talked. Me and Nick talked about that. I was like, God, Thank you. especially during Memorial Day, I'm like, God, that song should be everywhere right now. I mean, yeah. that would, yeah. that would, you got to listen to that song one time. It's, it's a really good. It's, song. it's crazy. So, Was that a request? Uh, I couldn't tell. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, uh, you know, what inspired you to? Uh, Chariot was one of those songs that I was talking about earlier where that one took me a year and a half at least to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote the first verse and chorus relatively quickly and it sat around. And I, I mean, when I, when it took me a minute, it was all I focused on for months. I could not come up with a second verse. I couldn't come up with an outro. Um, it just, it took forever, but it, it was, I started, uh, it was called street sweeper before it was chariot. Cause it was just about living in the gutter. And then I was like, that's not as clever as, you know, being out here that I used to work on and just constantly looking at the stars and being like, man, what is, where, where, uh, where am I supposed to be going? Who's actually watching for me? Cause this sucks. And uh, is it because of all the thing, all the drugs that I did before? Is it because of all the, the girls that I hooked up with and never called back? What is, what is the deal? There were, there were at least two of them. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, so that's where that one came from. And when it finally came together, I I love it too. I do. I like it a lot. And then the PTSD that that was some of your brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, my brother-in-law. He uh, he's now the SWAT captain in my hometown. Uh, love the guy, Justin Riker. Um, also did two tours of Afghanistan, and their convoy was actually hit by an IED. And uh, he he survived. He was fine, but it it did kill two of the members in that convoy. And um, so when he came back, I was you know he said, you know what you really need to do is write a song because it's not always just about you know the war and America and but these guys that are coming back scrambled that people forget about just how bad it is. I said okay, I'll work on it. And that's where PTSD came from. Yeah, I finally got it done at one point. And you ever heard of Warm Treaty? Mm-mm. No, it's uh. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go Freddie Mercury. Oh my God, you're so, so sad. Um, we got the opportunity to see them. They came out with uh, Mumford and Sons mm-hmm. when they played here in Nashville just recently, and it's a husband wife. And he started out um, singing in the military, mm-hmm. and he was over in Afghanistan, and uh, he came back and started using his music as a way to kind of work through the PTSD part and work through with a lot of his fellow soldiers and, and all these different things. And, uh, we got the opportunity to see them play at third and Lindsley about three weeks ago. And, um, one of his buddies from the war flew in to see him. It was the first time he'd seen him since he left Afghanistan. Oh shoot. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, so it's amazing how it can touch somebody. Right. Really is. That's really cool. Yeah. Do, um, now a lot of, some of your songs, well, however, Songs are written a long time ago or recently, however that may work. Do songs change meanings to you? All the time. All the freaking time. And it's really cool. I think that's what's so – what I take the most pride in about these songs is that they're so – they were therapeutic for me then to where when I play them now, it takes me back to that spot. And then um, some of them will morph into something else completely where I'm just like, holy crap, maybe that's why I wrote it then was so that it was going to help me 15 years later. But it happens all the time, and I feel bad for anybody who's ever penned a song that it didn't change for them or mean something to them or it wasn't some form of therapy. How about uh, Love Her Like Crazy? Oof, that's such a good one. No, for, for that reason, yeah, 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 no, totally. I mean, th- I mean, when mm-hmm. I listen to that song now, you know, I mean, I, I knew you before, when yeah. you, you know, while you yeah. were married, and now I know you while you, you have a new beautiful girlfriend. Yeah, so I was she one, is beautiful. So that, that, She's cute. So I, I got to imagine that, you know, songs like that yeah. will change. Well, and that song was from before the marriage, and it was also before the girlfriend, before that girlfriend. It was, <laughs> it was, it was way back. It, it went way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the true story of a, you know, a girl who cheated on me with my weed dealer. It's <laughs> verbatim. It is verbatim about, you know, that and how she left me and he punked me out and they threatened me numerous times. And, Sounds like Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Why that happened to you on Friday? <laughs> but you know, first full circle, it came back around, and she became a, a big fan of mine, and now she has my song lyrics tattooed on her arm. Nice. After that, yeah. Nice. And it's you know, and made amends, and she called me and was like, I'd really like to just, you know, answer any questions you have about what happened. I, said, I have no questions. But she, I just want to be friends, and I support you. Cool. Killer chick now. Good. Totally turned her life around as well, and it's just. It's, it That's is, great. Yeah, yes, things do change. So what do you have coming up? Anything around here? Um, around here, um, the jail, the jail. Yeah, the, I, I said, how yeah. how do I get in there? He yeah. says, you got to commit a crime. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of ways. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? I uh, 
I was going to give you some ideas of how to get in there, but then I figured I should probably stop. <laughs> well, I, listen, I already Still know. Crack. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I play every Thursday in this, uh, ch- in this, it's called a church, but it's a, I don't want to call it a service because all these terms sound very yuppie and very, uh, they'll turn you off from anything, but it's called the church of another chance. And basically it's a service that's led by all inmates. So they come, basically they get a chance to come up to the front of a congregation if they, if that's what they want to call it and, and tell their stories of what they're worried about, their concerns, their joys, what they're excited about for the week, uh, things that might, they might need as far as help when they get out. Um, And then there's a a couple of amazing, very unorthodox pastors who are from either from the streets or um, have really been around a tougher crowd. These guys don't just come from seminary at, at uh, Texas Christian University or Baylor, you know, and come into the jail. These guys are legit and they they have a, a real solid message. I play music and that's it. I print out some songs that they can either learn quickly or that they might already know. Amazing Grace, you know, I Surrender All, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I play guitar and let them do the singing. I, I lead it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And that's kind of as selfish as it is it's not even so much for them is it's my chance to because i was constantly trying to book things trying to book shows that i'd spend you know if we we would play nick your set time is at 11 o'clock load in is at 7 30 i'd go to these venues at 7 30 put my stuff in be sitting around these venues for three hours to play a set you get done you outload it's 12 30 one o'clock in the morning you're done you've wasted an entire evening to play a 30 or 45 minute set and I was just tired all the time, and I'd, these places would be empty or whatever. It's always around smoky, drinking crowds that just want the popular stuff. It just, it still to this day really bothers me. Hmm. I, it's, I, it might be the, one of the reasons, uh, in addition to the fact that I'm tone deaf or I'm just not very good at this guitar thing, <laughs> that I haven't. Yeah, gotten, does that, that last song sound like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's well, your auto tune is on point. Um, <laughs> it might be one of the reasons that I. Uh, it could be whatever greater power there is saving me from myself and my own wishes. One of those unanswered prayer things where I always wanted to be famous. I always wanted to be, put me on the bus, put me on. The, I don't know that I could handle it at this point yeah. because I, not that I'm afraid they'd break me, but just that I wouldn't be as happy as I am right now. So doing this jail thing gives me a chance to play music. I get to play my own stuff when I, you know, they, they, they're doing offering, whatever. I play my own music and tell them my story and, and share it with some people that are listening, that are hurting, so they're not looking for the back road song about country, about uh, beers and mm-hmm. bikinis. They want to hear about the struggle and the, the redemptive side of that. And it, it it fills my cup. It really does. And it's been on hiatus for two months while the jail was transitioning through locations. And <laughs> it starts back up next Thursday. So that's that. Um, the band has some stuff coming up in September. I, I, uh, I don't have a lot going on with them. I've got a buddy who just asked me if I wanted to play CMA Fest. Uh, I don't know the details yet. I just said I'm down for whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put together a round in the listening room with some of those guys from Key Largo. One problem I have with that is that people around here do this thing called gig swapping, where it's, hey, you book me at one of your places, and I'll, I'll book you at one of my places. So it's basically like car swapping yeah, but then you give the, thing. yeah but you give the guy your portion he turns around and hands you a Volkswagen Jetta or something yeah. and you're like wait a minute but um i i constantly gig swap with people and i've maybe twice had somebody return the favor so meaning um, like you you're go, you're giving I'll, up the listening room use, spot and they're giving you a party fell yeah it's like hey or if that if they, i'd be i'd be amazed if somebody even said hey here's this location come play it's just it's uh I don't want to call it mooching. Everybody, everybody doesn't know they're good guys, but um, yeah, I throw gigs to people using whatever contacts I have, and 
rarely. There's mm-hmm. this one guy, Garen Lewis. He is awesome. Every time he has said, hey, you know, let's play somewhere together. If I book something, he shows up. If he books something, I show up, and we always have a blast. But he's one of the very few people I've met in this town that has returned the favor of booking. So then even there, I'm was – uh, he, Was he at um... – was he at the listening room that day with you? He yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh huh. Um, love that guy. He's a good dude. He is a good dude. He's a really good dude, and he's a, he's a, like a four stripe purple belt in jujitsu. So even <laughs> as soft as he is, yeah. you you catch him in the wrong place, and uh, he's yeah. dangerous. And oh. he's not intimidating. That's the thing is we stand next to each other, and if if you said, hey, you got to fight Nick or Garen, who's it going to be? They would one hundred percent of the time try to fight Garen. Yeah. And Garen will mess you up. I'll cry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But um, so anyway, as far as booking anything locally, I have not been busting my butt on it. I apologize. It's uh, I think a lot of the booking that I used to do was to get attention either from the industry, trying to get a label or a, a promoter or the next the next person to to help us out. Um, it was either that or to create an audience, and neither of the two are in my interest right now. They don't serve my art, and uh, I can honestly I don't rely on music to pay a single bill, which is unlike most people I know, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's not my end-all, be-all that I thought it was. So I just kind of taking whatever comes. I'll take it if I want it. If I don't, I won't. That's Maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Oh, I love it. I think I do love it. Yeah, yeah that's why it's supposed now, to be. Now, Famous Lee calls and is like, hey, man, you want to come yeah. open my sets like in a, <laughs> no in a, in a theater tour? Yeah. What time do I have to start playing? 6.30. You yeah. got it. You know, a buddy, <laughs> of mine, by eight. buddy of mine got to do that on Amos, but he's he's done backup singing for him. Wow. And uh, when he was here the last time and he had three shows at the Ryman, yeah. He got strep throat on Monday, oh, no. canceled Friday, did Saturday, and then rescheduled to Sunday. And on Sunday, he still couldn't sing. So when we got to his powerful songs to the heavy stuff, he just brought in people, mm. everybody from Nashville that he knew. Yeah. And Jason got to go up on stage and just laid it out. It's beautiful. And it was like those neat, it's like mm-hmm. those are things that happen. You'll remember that. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, and just, just, just as good as his perfect performance, it's him yeah. giving up those, those moments. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I want to give a shout out Phil, Colette, Nick, all listening tonight. Uh, they were all at the uh, music festival. How do you know they're listening? Because text me. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I can't believe they're still your friends after the way you behaved. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, they'll get over it. Yeah, when that last night at Key Largo, I said, "Does anybody know who's with this guy?" I kid you not, they were hiding behind vehicles and palm trees. Like, hey, listen, I, I knew it was my last yeah, time. Yeah. They can't throw me out if I'm leaving. True, it's true. So I was on. Yeah. All right, so Nick, you, do you have any regrets in the in the in the industry so far? Oh, uh, that's really. I if I had a regret, it would have changed the trajectory of where I am now, and I can honestly say that. Um, through everything, through even the worst things that I've ever done, which led to um, divorce and fights over houses and what's going to be next, I can honestly tell you I've never been as happy as I am now. And so, therefore, I I dare say that I would change anything because I, I don't think I could. How about musically, though? Uh, that's what I mean. It's, it's, yeah, all, it's all tied together. If I, yeah. I feel like if I did something differently, I would have wound up someplace else. If I would have uh, – no, if I would have been a, a – one of those guys who plays cover bands, cover music on Broadway and had a full crowd every single night playing somebody else's tunes. I don't think I would have been happy. I would have probably been stuck there and still doing it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have progressed in in the things that could actually pay my bills, like, uh, you know, health and wellness and fitness. I probably would have never gotten sober and 
That's two years. Two years of not smoking pot or drinking. But I'm and I and I'm not saying that people shouldn't. I'm just saying I shouldn't. And right. I, it took me realizing that music wasn't going to be my 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 moneymaker to uh, to finally change some habits that could have quite likely killed me. So. <clears throat> so listen, uh, we we listened to a little of your music earlier. What what is what Nick listens to in the norm? You know, like let's you you mentioned driving. Sometimes yeah. you like this. And... Yeah, a Bonnie Ver, that we were listening to Bonnie Ver. I like a lot of indie, uh, a, a lot of indie kind of um, chill music like that, uh, um, like Bonnie Ver, the, the Amos Lees, mm. and um, but then usually if I'm anywhere else, I have a couple of play uh, playlists on Spotify that are chill step or. Um, slow EDM, which is the opposite of the, it's the, actually the the same thing that I hate, which is music that's all done on computer and it has no soul. Is the same stuff that I spend most of my day listening to <laughs> because it's mindless. I can think my own thought, create my own storyline. It's my soundtrack for this drive that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Where you have ADHD? Uh, I think I used to. No, I I don't. Honestly. My youngest daughter does. And for her to relax, yeah. she listens to EDM. It makes sense. I was on Ritalin for seven years, and I, mm-hmm. I all I ever did was like make my butthole clench up real tight and nervous, like I was doing crack. <laughs> and... What? Too much? I don't. No, no. I was okay. just wondering how that feels. It was terrible. Um, no, I just uh, and and it and it, so I can listen to one song one day, and it can be it can suit me perfectly for whatever mood i'm in and the next day being a completely different mood but that same song will still work because it's not lyrically telling me what to feel or what the story is so mm-hmm. I, I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff like that um if i'm wanting to listen to something a little bit more go at it i listen to some godsmack or yeah. uh thrice i listen to uh, yeah, I like thrice. yeah and if i need a if i'm working on my truck or turning wrenches on a motorcycle or something i have my, you know, my favorite things to do are listen to country. So, which is, I know, I know. But back when country was good, mm-hmm. it was good. It was yeah. real good. What kind of truck do you have? Uh, I've got a Ram. Uh, yeah. You're a trucker? you truck guy? I've got a 57 F100. Oh, that's great. Trade? Sitting Trade. On a, sitting on, no, because <laughs> i got a Ram outside. Uh, oh, do you? You're a Ram guy, too? <laughs> yeah. That's Just great. got it. Cool. Yeah, Good I've had it for about two months. Dang, that's fresh. Yeah. You want to trade? No, no, I'm going to pull a house down. I like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love my truck. Uh, I love motorcycles and I like country music. And you like looked at beer, me. You, dogs. You looked at me really weird when I said that. Mama. But it's true. Country music? Country music. I just I can't get into new country. We have I can't this. either. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know anything about this. No. They could be in front of me and I would never know it. The no. old, you, you know, the George Straits and the Garth Brooks. And, that's a, that's the era I grew up on. Yeah. That. Open the wind, nineties, right, right, kind of right. stuff. Clint Black, yeah, and, some Billy Dean. Oh, yeah. man, with that hair. Still skill. Oh, yeah, with that hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big fan there still. That was good country. It was. It was. It, it was more broad reaching. Diamond Rio, Brooks yeah. and Dunn. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What is the newest music you like? Uh, so back to Thrice. Thrice was a Christian <laughs> hardcore band back in my youth. Just when I was just getting out of high school into college, they were screamo, hard rock, Christian, um, and I hated it. Then he started to mature and created the best rock album of 2018, in my opinion. If anybody's out there and you get a chance, and it's got songs like Hurricane and Black Honey, mm-hmm. that's Black that's, pr- that's probably my newest, and it is. I love that. Um, what else is new that I listen to? I don't know play that one a lot 
All right, one more question before you sing us one last song. Okay. Um, crossover people, people uh-huh. that have made that jump. Oh, we've talked about it before. Guys like Darius Rucker that uh-huh. have done one kind of. All right, that's still he was better in Hootie and the Blowfish than he'll ever be on his own. Yes. In my opinion, I'm totally sorry. agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm totally with him on that one. Yeah, hundred percent. Why it. is that? Just he just fit better. Yeah, it's it a better just, feel. Just, I I could get behind him. I could get behind a new Hootie record, whereas I I won't buy. It. The Darius Rucker. I'm a hundred percent with And not because it changed genre. Is that the word? Genre? Yeah. No, it's it's not about the genre, it's about the sound that came with it. It became yeah. mm-hmm. about session musicians musicians and it sounds like everything else like you're being told what to play. Mm-hmm. You're being told what this should be. Whereas Hootie was very unique. It was again, it was a melodic right in the grunge era, melodic country southern voice as could be, with some cool distorted guitars and some B yep. threes, you know, it was mm-hmm. really cool. I enjoyed them. I, yeah. I did. I, I just, I, I always think uh, that's that's remarkable to me. I mean, you know, to but be you, able to change like that. that and and to really to, Aaron know, Lewis from Spain. Yeah, I heard one of his that. Uh, yeah, I will never. I've I heard his stuff is country and it's not. I yeah. don't enjoy it. Yeah, I, but he I can enjoy go back over to Spain. Right, right. Away you go. I'll buy his new. I'll yeah. buy his record again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Who else was a crossover? I can't. I can't you, Brett Michael. Right as you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to call that one, not crossdresser. Yeah. No, he came over to country for a while. Oh, tried yeah. that. How'd that work out? No. <clears throat> who was the other one right. that we're going to talk about? Now? Right. I can't remember who it was, but I, uh, I don't know. Well, Taylor Swift. No, she went the other way. You know what yeah, I mean? She went, went the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. The girls seem to have an easier time with it, huh? Going from pop to country. I don't know. Going I don't from know. country to pop, yeah, or either know. way, because <clears throat> country is pop now. True, true. Really, there is a lot of that. Mm-hmm. All right, you gonna play one more for us? What do you want to hear? Um, anything um, but chariot. Be all right. Is that too much? Just kidding. Or PTSD? She wants chariot. I'll do chariot. All right, that sounds good. You know we love that song, especially that one night. Where was that though? Oh, that was that exit in that we he did chariot, right? That was. That was oh my was god! Full band, it was full band though, yeah, right? Full band. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's different full band. I love I love playing. Yeah, yeah, but that's what makes it cool is it becomes an acoustic song in the middle of a rock anthem. But yeah. it's not the same when you're playing it acoustic and it just goes more acoustic. <laughs> but I'll I'll do it for you because yeah, it goes acapella. Screw this guitar! I'm just gonna sing it acapella like what? the original Chariot. Like boys to men. Straight up. <laughs> We have come to the end of the road, <laughs> and I just can't let go. <laughs> it's unnatural. Can't you see? How much time do I have? Yeah, yeah forget that shit. Just go. No one's rushing you. I want to play an instrumental version of this just for you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I can't take much more Something back 
Before it's too late And let me know for sure Whatever I'm waiting for Is worth the wait
Fuck it, come on! Come on! Just, just, drop, just drop the mic and walk out of here. <laughs> I'm outie. I'm outie. Oh, that damn. Is, uh, that's raw, man. Dude, that's so good. Raw, raw dog. That is awesome. Dude, that is awesome. I got a little weaver. Is that me or you? Or could it's it's awesome. Woohoo! What what is what is that all about? Here I'll play it again so you can listen to the lyrics. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, But this time it's gonna be a slower format. Yeah, it's 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 begging for a miracle, needing yeah. needing something. Like I need a sign that whatever I'm doing, I'm on the right path. I gotta know. Yeah. So I've done a lot of wrong and I I need to know that it's all gonna be okay and that's all it is. Just yeah. to beg for a miracle. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Hey, um, you know, you talked earlier about like lines at one point when you were in that snow road where uh-huh. lines. Yeah. Yeah. If if you had to pick your favorite highest point of your career so far, where would you what would you say it's been? Oof. Uh, that's a really tough one too. Um, I guess because there there's there's like three different phases that all were to me that were like, hey, this is really cool. Um, I would say the first record release that I did with Snow Road was a lot of fun. We showed up in a limo to that one, and there were there was a line outside, and I remember being like, holy crap, people actually like this stuff? That was a blast. <laughs> that was the first time that I'd ever experienced what it's like to stop singing and somebody else sings your songs. I thought that was really cool. Um, so that was one of them. Then again, when I was in L.A., uh, I did uh, – I, I was part of it. There was a, a – a band called NXS that was trying to replace the lead singer because the lead singer uh, had died. Yeah. So it was, or it was called Rockstar NXS. It was on CBS. And um, I did auditions for that and made it through the first two rounds. And then by the third, I, you know, I was like on the commercial. I never went further than that. They said, okay, yeah. so, well, but that's the thing is they said, so now can you play some NXS songs? I did not know a single <laughs> NXS song. So I just, I'd show up and I'd keep playing my own stuff. And they're like, okay, next round. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, this works. I'll keep doing that. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun too. Um, and then I guess when I, when I, even here in Nashville at the one point where Kelly Clarkson, I, I got to go open for her. And um, then the band had its record release and, um, there, there were just really good days at the old 12th and Porter, which I don't think exists anymore. And back when third and Lindsley <clears throat> was a different room as well. It was, uh, there, there was always a good turnout. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, those were, were probably the highlights. Uh, we played for some, some still sold out shows like uh, three dog night, all three floors of wild horse was full, but, wow. but those people weren't there to see us. I didn't, I never felt coming out on that stage. Like, Hey guys, look how good we are. Yeah. I kind of felt like, hey guys, whoever slept with whoever to get us on the stage, <laughs> do it again. But um, that's it. You yeah. brought up those shows, those American Idols and all that other stuff. Yeah. What, what, what's your um, opinion on those? Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I hate them. I'm going to lose a lot of friends. I'm going to lose them. a lot of friends again. It's uh, one of the girls from my hometown just won The Voice. And when I went back into town, Everybody and their dog kept saying, Have you, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? This chick's 16 or 15 years old. you know. And I've been chasing this thing, writing songs, learning how to play guitar, uh, learning how to deal with, with emotions. Never had my mom hold my hand through one thing. They never booked a thing for me, never took me to an audition. So I, I, it might be jealousy. I can admit that it might be a little bit of envy that I feel like I'd those, those things just didn't exist 
back then for me. And people kept saying, you know, you got to do the, you got to do American Idol. And I kept saying, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it until I was finally too old to not, I couldn't do it anymore. And then I was like, man, should I have done that? But again, I don't know where it would have gone. I can't think about where it might've gone. I still have everybody and their dog that I know in Nashville still does the voice and believes that they should be on the voice. And I'm like, have you heard your voice? (laughs) But (laughs) it's true. You know, it's true. There's there's some people out there. They're really good at what they do. Stick to the covers on Broadway. But, but, uh, um, I don't, I don't, I don't like the shows. I just don't. I feel like, uh, it's a battle of the bands and it's, um, it rarely has to do with the people who have been hustling and putting the real, you know, putting the real work into it. Mm-hmm. It sets a different different precedence for everybody that's coming out. They sure. feel like sure. if they're out for four months, they should be making it. Exactly. Um, so and they're not. They and, can't. And even oh man, the people that have won American Idol, even in the early phases, there's a couple of them uh, that all they had never spent any time performing anywhere, but they got on the show. And if they win the show, now they're huge and they they can't handle all these people that are asking for autographs or these things. But they were nothing more than karaoke singers in the beginning, singing other people's music. And to this day, they can't play an instrument. People are passing them songs, telling them exactly what to sing. They go out, sing it, make a billion dollars. It's hard for me to put my wrap my head around, man. Mm-hmm. There's a, no, it's tough. Some of, the, some of the most talented people I've ever met are here in Nashville, struggling their asses off, mm-hmm. you know? That's the grind here, right? It is the grind. Well, I think it's the grind everywhere. It's just a, a very small few that, that get to make it, but I don't know what the formula is. All I know is that I don't feel as alone in it in, as I used to. I used to be really bitter, like, how did I miss my shot? I'd never needed to be number one, but I definitely felt like I had what it took to, to go on the road and entertain people. You know, I, I, didn't, I, didn't need, I didn't need to be Rolling Stones, but I felt like I could be Amos Lee. Yeah, you know, and I don't mean oh, any yeah. disrespect. I'm not even saying no. I'm on that level. I just mean there's somebody out there he who found would, a niche. Right, right. He I, found a great niche. Surely there's a niche out there for me. That's the way I always felt. Mm-hmm. The fact that it never really transpired, it, it it caused a lot of depression. Luckily for me, I got sober and found a therapist and was able to kind of work through some of those things and be like, oh wait a minute, this is not what defines me. Is is as an artist is how big it gets. It's not about you know the audience. I'd have to look up this woman's name. I, I really don't know it off the top of my head, but um, I had a, a woman in my Uber who was going to see this woman play. And I said, uh, you know, she was telling me that she was a singer songwriter. And, uh, you know, I was, I was just asking her some questions. I was like, Oh yeah, I got some friends that do that. You know, you know, you know what she got going on, this kind of thing. She said she made over a hundred thousand dollars in a year last year. However you say that. Sure, I got you. Last year. Doing private shows and Facebook Live yeah. by virtual tip drawer. That's amazing. Virtual tip drawer. Great. I was like, I'm like, all my things? listeners are broke. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. But I, I thought that was amazing. People are finding ways. I mean, listen, we we know that true. record sales aren't record sales sure. anymore. Sure. So people are finding ways to make money. And they're thing. staying on the road, and they're they're in vans and buses. There's <clears> definitely a way to make. I don't want to be the guy on this microphone right now to be like, woe is me, and it never happened. No, there, somebody in my exact position could be like, Nick, you didn't do this, or whatever. I have no doubt. There's no excuse for it. Um, I'm also at a point where I don't – it doesn't keep me up at night anymore. Right. No, that's I, good. I, uh, but it's crazy though, right? It I is mean, crazy. I mean, It'd be cool. That, that, It'd be that's cool. how you can make your yeah. living? That, yeah. That's what I do. Sure. Facebook Live. You yeah. know, it was funny. 
my daughter wants to be uh, Anar. That's mm-hmm. that's her. Team. Great. So she, her. I love GNR. They're a good yeah, band. Good yeah. Too, yeah. Good yeah. Band. yeah. So she November been, Rain. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> really underrated oh, song. A and R. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A and oh, so, repertoire. Yeah. For those listening that don't know what that is. Do you know what it is? Of course okay. I don't. Okay. Oh, okay. I made a joke. Yeah. So artists and repertoire. They. Yeah. They. They. They develop artists most of the time. They. They pick them up and they start putting them in the right places and they help. They help uh, connect dots. Oh. Yeah. That's what Madison wants to do. So she's. She spent some time working at Sony. She's. Cool. Done all these different little things. How old is she? She is 19. Hurry up. Right now. I Give know. her my name. It's crazy. <laughs> Tell her. Oh, it's crazy. She'll yeah. see it. I, right, trust cool. me on that. Yeah. So it's one of those things that, you know, like you see the um, the different. I, you just absolutely fucked up my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, I didn't know what a and was. She wants to do A&R and you see the difference of on that side of the table or something? Yeah. yeah. So, so a buddy of mine who's He's been sober. in this business for a long time, for a very long time. He has said, very similar to what you're saying, is it's like you have to find these different ways to accomplish it yeah. all now. He said A&R is totally different from what it used to be, sure. but now there's the digital side. There's all the YouTube, all the different things that yeah. you go and look out for. Same thing like with this lady. You know, she's Bert, What the hell is virtual tip job? Yeah. Never heard well, of it, but she's figured it out. You know, one of the things that I still to this day wish wish that would happen, and I still – I, I always tell people, yeah, my ship may have sailed. I feel like I'm 16 at heart. You know, I am still feeling good. If something came around later, I I, I don't write it off. I don't think that it could never happen. But licensing, yeah. movies, put getting your move your music into movies. I don't have to tour for that. I don't have to go to bed late. I don't have to go deal with drunkards like this guy. <laughs> when they're screaming at you when you're playing in the middle yeah. of the song. Yeah. He's a but, female. Sorry. He's a male version of a Luger. But you can still make, <laughs> but you can still make a penny or two, and yeah. your music gets out there. I think that would be. Do it. That's what A and R is. I'll for scream at the movie help, theater screen. Help, help you get that license. So, uh, so wait, what? The, the stump at the the show in the Key Largo. He fell off of a stump. No. I oh, I know, but you're off mic. You know, this does do me no good. They can't hear it. They <laughs> can't hear it. Talk really loud. No, 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 no. Be quiet, Jesus. Do you have a uh, preference on guitars, acoustic and electric? Uh, the ones so here's a here's a cool thing. Uh, when we were more popular, we we had a management deal with the same. We were under a, the management umbrella that shared uh, Three Doors Down and Chevelle and uh, Shine Down. Um, and that was right when we were really thinking things were going to take off. In that point, we were also recording, and I had saved. I'd I'd always had Mexican guitars from different, you know, fenders, whatever. I had saved enough money where I finally was going to get my first American-made guitar. And one of my my buddies that I was playing with at that time said, you, "Before you, I really wanted a Gibson Les Paul, like everybody else." He said, "Before you go get a Gibson Les Paul, just try this guitar. This is." And he graduated Berkeley. Uh, he was, he's an amazing guitarist. So I took the guitarist's word for the guitar, and I played it. And I was like, this is really sweet. I'm going to find one. Well, I found one used on eBay or something, um, or Reverb or one of the two, uh, and bought it. It came to me, and I opened the case, and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I said, oh, my God, I can't believe this is my American guitar right here. I played it. I loved the way it sounded. Um, I reached out to the to their A&R, and I said, hey, man, I just want you to know that this is the most beautiful piece of, of musical equipment I've ever owned. And I... A couple of weeks later, um, 
they responded to me with, uh, it looks like you've got some busy things going. You're on the road. You're doing the record. You've got this new management deal. Are you interested in a, in a sponsorship or endorsement? Hell yeah, I am. (laughs) So they called us on the road and they asked, what kind of wood do you like? What colors do you like? How many knobs do you need? And I got to customize this guitar from scratch. I mean, they had never made another one like it and they still haven't. It had this certain amount of tone knobs and, and uh, the inlays. It was awesome. Anyway, it's by a brand called Carvin. Well, they made that one for me and I already had the one I bought used. And they said, with this this endorsement, you can go buy any used guitar that says our name on it. And if anything ever happens to it, we'll take care of it. So I found another used one. I swapped the pickups in it, and um, they basically warrantied it. Well, so Carvin became my thing. I was like, number one, it's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal axe. Um, but now I know the people behind it, and I love it. And so I was always playing acoustics. This this one here is a Martin. Um, and... I put a feeler out. I knew that they made that Carvin made an acoustic. It was not very long. I mean, they didn't do it for a long run, and they're they're hard to find. But I, I put this alert out for this specific guitar about a year ago. I get a ding on my phone, and it's like, hey, this Carvin acoustic guitar is available. And I got on there, and I immediately called the buyer and said, hey, I don't care what you're asking for it. I'll take it. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, where do you live? And I'll, I'll, this is what I'm asking, and I'll ship it to you. I said, I'm in Nashville, and he goes, oh, bullshit, I'm in Nashville, too. <laughs> so I'm like, you're kidding me. I, 30 minutes later, I drove out, and that's that one there. And so even though I love Martin, I love Taylor as far as acoustics, that Carvin has the same electronics as the Martin. It's the same exact Fishman pickups. Mm-hmm. That thing has the sweetest tone. It's smooth. It's gorgeous. I So you ask me what I like, mm-hmm. both acoustic and electric, I would – Carvin, not, I don't just like them because they picked me up as one of their artists, but mm-hmm. because I think that they are the greatest in the world. That's what I want to do. Carvin, that's awesome. Yeah. It's good to have an attachment to something like that, right? I mean, yeah, that's man. I mean, that's your life right there in your hands. It better totally. be something you're in love with, and, that, right? and it and totally is. And if none of this ever works and it becomes nothing more than it is, I've got some really cool stories about every one of my guitars. Not not one of them has just been like picked up. You know, like I didn't just go down to a store and pick it up. It, <laughs> it has has a lot of meaning to it. Cool, man. So cool. So what do you what do you think? You want to play one more? I mean, I'm or you, or you beat? I probably you done? Should. Oh man, I'm not beat. You saw me cut out early on Key Largo because I did something to my voice and I haven't sung since then. Yeah. Not a note tonight. I feel good. Right. Could have been could have been that pizza. Could have been uh, could have <laughs> been the coffee. coffee. Dude, coffee. That coffee's dank. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coffee. ready to go. What time is it? How many? <laughs> I, I still got. Keep everybody awake. Huh? Like, keep show's, playing. The show's got 21 minutes left. Yeah. He's like, I can squeeze in 11 songs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need to. You're gonna hear the acoustic metal version of every peti- song. Petition for an extension on this show. You guys didn't get to talk about any soccer. Uh, Nashville SC Somebody, I swear to God, somebody put up on Slack that we couldn't kick the ball into the ocean. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's how bad that's a large we're missing hole. the goal. But at least we're going to have a really nice stadium. Yes. Hell yeah, we are. So there's Basically, that. that's coming. Hey, we yeah. could petition him to come sing nationally. Yeah, I'll tell you that. we got to. Oh, God. Absolute must. All right, yeah, play they, one. They look for professionals. Yeah, well, pass. <laughs> you know, I can't hang with that. All right, I play, said professionals. Play one more, then we'll, we'll mention soccer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then talk to Nick somewhere. 
So if I botch it, just go watch the music video instead. It's like the only professional music video that I actually have. Oh, but 
Mike, dude. Yeah, was, I, was it too close? I was still belting it too loud. Dude, it was unreal. I couldn't pull back. I mean, you've got a strong voice. I'm thinking steroids. Yeah, steroids. Yeah. Steroids. So if anybody's listening and they want to like support, they can get on there and do the old iTunes and Spotify, Pandora. And what's really cool is now I've got these dope ass hats. If you go to uh, my Facebook, which is Nick Britton Black Market Research, I've got some cool hats on there. Thanks to Gooser Inc. And, uh, and there's a, a friend of mine. His name is Chris. I'll take care of you. Cool. You guys, hats. We're cool ready hats. to go. No cool hats. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Damn, dude. I, I can't thank you enough. Not that you got to get off or nothing. But no, no, no. It's man, cool. it's, it was, it's been awesome, dude. I'll go. Absolutely. No, Thanks dude. for letting me take your hour of soccer talk. Dude. Dude. What's one hour? Two hours. Well, that's what I mean. It was supposed to be like he said, one hour of you playing and then one hour of soccer talk. I was like, great. Yeah. Instead, I totally was selfish. Hijacked. Like I normally am. You know that? I bogart the microphone. That's the funny thing about our show, though. It's like, we're like, we purposely tell everybody we're not the stats guys. We don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. Who played for 23 minutes and how many passes did they have and what accuracy? We don't give a shit. Did they play good or not? Did we win? No. Who scored? Cool. Whatever. It, we want to talk about donuts. We'll talk about donuts. Yeah. 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 We, we, we don't do well with rules. No, we do. Key lime pie. Key lime pie. That's right. Key lime pie. Nick says, uh, Phil says you need your own podcast. Uh, I was actually thinking about taking this one over. <laughs> you, so, you might be, listen, we, yeah. we need a music guy all the time. Right? Sweet. Live band. I mean, yeah, the, the house band. Yes. 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 Yeah, cool. 
That would be yeah. awesome. That would actually be kind of fun. You want me to be your resident band? That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, that'd be fun. Like you've been in Nashville now, how many years? Ten years. Ten years. How do you like it? You are you plan on staying here? This is home. Um, is no, I don't intend to stay here. She's for, like, no, I want to go back to Chicago where it's cold. Yeah, I don't even know who she is. There's just a really <laughs> is this cute looking person girl that I've seen on the internet. Uh, um, but no, I would like to stay here as long as real estate continues to make my house worth something. Yeah, it, that's the it's the first time I've ever owned something that made money. Yeah, and um, it, it's going crazy. I don't think that it could possibly jump as much as it did the past couple of years, but I'd like to stay here, make a little bit more off of it. And then um, I don't know if you've ever been to this state called Florida. Oh, God. But there's this thing in the bottom. It's called the Keys. You, oh, you would live there, huh? Not the cheese. The Keys. I know. I think I need to be there. Really? Full yeah. timer? Yeah. See, you know, yeah. Phil and Collette right now are probably jumping through their computers. Where, where they, do they live down there? Are they in Fort Lauderdale? No, they're in, they're in Pembroke Pines, but uh, Phil's dad owns a, the house down there in Keys. Okay. You know, right, right, I mean, very close to where you guys were performing. You, yeah. you guys were performing at, like, what, 90-something? and they're like, or something. Yeah. yeah, they're at 98 or something. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Right um, there in Key Largo. Yeah. I just think it's close enough to continental U.S. Well, I mean, it is so considered continental U.S., but it's close enough to where – you you if you started to get island fever, you just drive the forty five minutes back. Yeah, and there's the Kmart. Well, you're, not you know? gonna, you're not gonna get an island Kmart. fever down there. No, no, but there's there's just so much beautiful stuff there that I think I'd be okay with, you know, uh, opening a gym or doing nothing. <laughs> if I could just get one of my songs licensed to make a billion dollars, I think that's how it works. Yeah, you, you it just is. you just have to have one good song, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're filthy rich. Filthy rich. Yeah. That's how, if that's so, the way it's that easy, let's go, man. Okay. I'll, I'll help you out. I can, I should, I've been doing it wrong, but I think I know what to do now. Florida is actually a northern Florida state. Eastern. Florida? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is. It's not part of the south. No, not – well, not like Ocala up, I would consider the south. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe, maybe just Ocala yeah. because Jacksonville is really – well, Jacksonville's yeah, kind of Jackson, south. Yeah, southern. I'd say Jacksonville. Yeah, Tallahassee yeah. is. St. Augustine and up. Yeah. I want to. I don't want to go any further north than Key Biscayne. Just make that clear. <laughs> that's Miami. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's about as far north as I can handle. Yeah. No. The, the, the keys are beautiful. They're just it's yeah, they expensive are. as hell. Yeah. That's you know. It's even more expensive than Nashville. But I intend to be filthy rich because I'm going to write one good song. You, you think someday? Absolutely. Seven. Let's. I'll help you, man. Let me let me get a line in there. Great. So I can say I was a co-writer. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> mhm. Don't All use right. my catchphrase. It's trademarked. Which one? one? I'll eat the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> that will not be one of my songs. Damn it. You're lucky. That's not going to get us yeah. in the movies. That's actually yeah. that's actually going to be coming up on the uh, the new Ice Cube CD in cool. uh, 2024. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. So what we were going to talk about was uh, Nashville SC. Hang on, I'm wiping my tears. Last <laughs> night, they were tied and then lost in penalty kicks in the Open Cup, which is a, a big tournament. Um, doesn't count for our national SC, you know, rankings there in the USL. It doesn't matter to shit. Yeah, it's just, it is it's tournament just a tournament. Mm. But it's 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 meaningful, you know. It's 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 the U.S. Open Cup, right? Yeah. So it's, basically, what it is is it's the ability for an amateur team, as amateurs as you want to be, to come in and play somebody who's a little better than them. Mm-hmm. And if they happen to squeak through, 
Then they go on to a team that's a lot better than that team was. And they just kind of keep moving their way up. So you've got that Cinderella story yeah. kind of theory that's going to happen. As, as you keep moving through the rounds, you get tougher teams. Are we putting a team together right here? Well, we're talking about? Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. yes. We're putting in a pub team. Oh, shit. But, yeah, but so, like, if they would have won last night, they would actually play an MLS team, which is, you know, the, yeah, what we're going to what next we become. Year. Yeah, next year will be uh, MLS. Yep. We're gonna, they've already decided they're going to play the first two years at Titan Stadium. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then by then the the stadium would be ready at the fairgrounds in two years. Yeah, twenty twenty two. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. and they're two cranking years. it right now over there. Yeah. I mean, they're cranking the building True. out. Really? Yeah. Where at the fairgrounds? We get mm-hmm. blasting all. We can feel the blasting in here down the street. Really? Yeah, because that's where I live. Mm-hmm. And uh, people always post, "What was that? Was, was them gunshots?" That's yeah. how they talk around. Yes, them gunshots. Was them their gunshots? <laughs> no, they're blasting. Yep. Yeah, that, the fairgrounds are close to your house. Oh, not terribly far. A couple miles. Yeah. yeah. Couple miles. Uh, how's that property going over there? I bet that's got to <sighs> be moving. I mean, yeah. especially right there's there's some crappy homes around there. I they're bet knocking those, them down left and right. Yeah, they're, they're putting the tall and skinnies. There's tall and skinnies starting to go down everywhere. the street. Everywhere. I'm cool with it, man. Wherever they put two tall and skinnies, that that lot's making some money. Oh yeah. yeah. Because the guy's doubling yeah, up yeah, on it. Exactly. Yep. You want me out of my the house? Tall and skinny lots have gotten expensive though. <sighs> expensive. Very. You're taking one house that they bought for forty thousand dollars back in the day or whenever it was, and now they're doing four twenty for it. Yeah. And they're splitting it, so now it's become two two what? Two tens? And then yeah, they're putting please. a seven fifty on it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm holding out. I know what mine's worth. I know that uh you can buy me. There's you, another you can, wave you coming. You can buy me out. Every, there's a, there's so. another wave coming. That's what we're holding out for. Cool. Is this one has come through. Everything went up a lot. Yeah. yeah. We're going to drop. We'll see everything drop a little bit. Oh, good. That's and then exciting. it's going to come right back up. Mm, cool. I don't, I don't think that I'm drop's waiting. coming anytime soon. No, the drop's here. It's already started. You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. Hey, dude, you trust know, me. I'm going to tell you something. When you know what I do. It's it's here. No. Houses listen. are sitting longer. They're reducing prices. Yeah, well, that's in what, Lebanon, in Lebanon, you could put a house up for three hundred thousand dollars. In the first five days, you could have offers, every offer exceeding the next offer of more than what asking price was. Sure. And they were gone, yeah. like gone. Yeah. And now, you're putting it up for three hundred. It's going for two eighty. Yeah. Two eighty five. It's going to level it's sit, up. And it's sitting for 35, 40 days now. I oh, I got to see national addresses sit, sitting like that first. Then I'll agree to that. When you, that oh, having that national is, address, man, that's just, I think that's that's it. You know, Well, that the fairgrounds area is the next hot thing. Kind of like how East Nashville was. Fairgrounds is about to just literally explode. Cool. If you could have bought property there five years ago when you could have got it for $80,000. I sure did. God, dude. Yeah. Four were, years ago. You are going to be rolling. So then I don't need a song? You're going to be rolling in a pink Cadillac. Cool. Nice. All right, listen. Or to we're going to with the Foo Fighters in a while. You ready to wrap this up? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close us out with uh, PTSD. I put it in there. So I wanted to cool. I wanna play that because, um, like Kelly had mentioned earlier, I mean, with Memorial Day. Yeah. I really, if, t- just listen to the words of this song. Sure. It's just. It's really good. So I want to thank Nick Britt for coming over and being a part of the show. That was absolutely awesome. Moles.
Kerry, Kelly, everybody Papa out smoke. there. Smoke. Thank you for the invitation. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself and the pizza and coffee. It was very cool. Awesome. There's Thank more you. pizza. There's more right. coffee. He's going to cook four more pizzas. Cool. Now. Yeah. You know I am. Glad hey, to have you, dude. Crank that Thank oven up. Thanks, Maybe here. I will. All right. So, listen, this is PTSD. And, uh, you know, listen to this song and, you know, let it hit home, especially here right around Memorial Day. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.